Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. When I came in today, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report here on a football flannel Monday. That's right. This was coordinated, by the way. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed week 10. We got one more game to play tonight. Lots to get into. Um, obviously, if you hear the sound of my voice, uh, I had a really good Sunday. <laughs> so, uh, Actually, no. I, would lo- I lost this on Saturday doing a wrestling event. But it didn't help yesterday watching uh, your beloved Packers take care of my Dallas Cowboys in Green Bay. Death, taxes, Aaron Rodgers owning the Cowboys. Those are the only guarantees in life, uh, and the rest is history. So we'll get into him in a little bit. Uh, First, obviously, on the local front, we don't have to talk too much about it, but the Giants get another win. But behind Saquon Barkley, guy is just still running his tail off. And in the postgame, which was interesting because we talked about this last week, we talked about... Uh, contract, right? And he said that they're going to table talks until the end of the year. So he's got eight games left to prove his worth. Do you think that happens? Do you think he continues this upward swing? Um, yeah, I do. I think that looking at their schedule, looking at the, what he's been able to do this season, there's no reason to expect Saquon outside of a potential injury for him to slow down the way things are looking. Mm. They lean on him heavily. Yeah, They're going to continue to lean on him heavily. I don't know if it's Saquon's idea. I doubt it that it's going to be the rest of the season. We're going to put the contract table uh, talks off the table because that's really what they're doing. They're I think shelving they have it for to. a little bit. Yeah. I think it's a bad move for Saquon because the more you play running back in the NFL, the more chance you have at getting injured. If he does get injured in these final eight games, if he blows out an ACL, guess what he's not going to get? Zero. He's not going to get a big long $0.00. So, and, you know, it's I funny. I feel for the player in these spots. Yeah, and in this regard, the Giants had a bye week. That's why people were like, mm, maybe we can get it done during a bye week, right? And So now they're going to table all those talks, but Saquon has himself another day. Obviously, right before this uh, – Cowboys debacle. Uh, we watched one of the greatest games we've ever seen. I, the Vikings and the Bills game was just incredible insanity. I, every time he thought it was over, it wasn't. We had social media teams out there for the uh, the the Bills saying like game set match after they stuffed. We also cousins. we also have to start talking a little bit about Josh Allen's propensity to turn the ball over in the red zone. All of a sudden, I think he has four turnovers in the red zone in the final in the last two games, and not only that, the fumble. At the end of regulation, was, was, was so hands. egregious. Like, ah, I understand know, like, there's an injury, but that had zero to do with the injury. Right. I understand the call. Like that's the only call you can make right there with six foot five Josh Allen at quarterback. Is the quarterback? One hundred percent. You couldn't take a knee. You couldn't. You couldn't take a knee. Off. And you had honestly, to go forward. It, you could even take the safety there because the game's not My all. My dad lost. was saying that. He's like, you don't. You don't take the safety. Correct. But if but it happens, you, you can take the safety there, right. and it's not all loss. You got to play a little defense. But man, oh man, like, yes. it couldn't have gone any worse. For the Buffalo Bills down the stretch of that game. And, of course, uh, a new head coach of the of the Colts, Jeff Sunday. That's right. I changed his name to Jeff Sunday. Uh, he gets himself a win over the Raiders. It is just the bottom's falling out for the Raiders. Carr with a very emotional press conference. You hate to see that because of just – you hate to see it, but you like to see it at the same time. You just see the um, passion behind Carr and, and wanting to win. It was and a, little, a little cringe. How is uh, Josh McDaniels on the flight after that? Because it's just like – you know what? Just go see your boy Bill again. It's over. The, the, the experiment stinks. The Raiders stink. Uh, but shout out to Jeff Saturday getting his first win. Top movers. Now, top movers. Obviously, with everything that went down yesterday, um, it starts. And pro- we could have 
Actually, if you wanted to, Chris, if you wanted to, I mean, we have five top movers every uh, every Monday. We could have just put three of them uh, as Christian Watson because that's how many scores he had yesterday. He made a count, and there's your new meme, ladies and gentlemen. So Chris makes the graphics over here at Chop Studios. For a year or two years, he's been using the bye-bye from uh, Aaron Jones. Now he can just do the, the one, two, three touchdowns. We could also... There's another Aaron Jones meme. Oh, that's, oh, that's oh in the, no, no, in the making. no, no, no! Shout out to the NFL for not flagging him on that one. After everything else, I'm sure he'll get a solid was five thousand dollar fine. Was it the sideline first down when he was sitting on the Cowboys bench, or was it the? No, no, the, no! It was my where, Seahawks uh, where reference paid, where he paid homage, homage to the beast, the beast quake, and he did a <laughs> touchdown celebration. I thought it was cool. I mean, oh, let the yeah. guys have fun. <laughs> I really do. I don't mind. I, you know how I am I, with this. Yeah. When teams celebrate on me, I like it because it makes it that much more satisfying when you succeed. Do you don't understand uh, how many uh, tweets I had in the chamber when the Cowboys were up 14, and then like I'm like, ah, watch this. Hold this L, Aaron. And, yeah, well, the rest is history. But let's talk about yes, Christian Watson, It was a man. fun thing, fun game. Christian Watson. Shout out to Aaron Jones. Yeah, shout out to that game. Was it, Listen, if you're a football fan and you watched it uh, wholeheartedly Sunday as a football fan. Sunday yesterday, Sunday man, absolutely delivered. Slate. Yeah, it did. And uh, like I said, it it made me, um, you know, it made me uh, my dad's special boy. <laughs> when I say that, it's just like he – every anybody watches, I think my – uh, my bonus mom was the one to say, like, if there was a camera in here, you guys would be a number one hit sitcom. Like, just watching the Cowboys. I don't even care about the game. Just watch you guys. It's crazy. But one guy that the Cowboys didn't want to watch was the burner known as Christian Watson. Scores three times. An incredible game for him. 107 yards. The guy is fast. And, and it seems to me that when Romeo Dobbs goes down, right, and you have uh, Randall Cobb on the shelf still, somebody had to step up. And if you remember back to week one, when that ball falls through the guy's hands, you're like, this ain't the guy, pal. This ain't the guy. Aaron Rodgers has found himself look, a guy. Look, he is a guy, <laughs> after all. They showed the graphic yesterday after Christian Watson's second drop of the first or second drive of the game. He had two drops to start the game out. One of them was a, a 25-yard like, deep slam. Is that what his pinky bent back the all the way or no, something? That that was another one that I'm going to give him a pass on. Interesting I, to see that pinky. I think How far gave, was that? I think he throw? gave up on that throw a little bit. Okay. And there's some definitely some learning curve there where he's yeah. got to learn to to stay on top of that route. And then there was the back shoulder fade that they missed where Lazard was streaking across the middle. They could have had an easy big play there. Aaron Rodgers went a little deeper. Not a great decision. But I want to say this. Look, he had three catches. Obviously, he had four catches, but three of them went for touchdowns. The fourth catch was arguably the biggest catch of the game on that third down conversion. Lead. Oh, yeah. It was a huge play, and it's good to see a young receiver step up after going through it a little bit. The Packers last year were number one in the NFL with 15 drops. They have 23 right now after yesterday's game. That's incredible. But getting some momentum going, getting a younger guy like this. I'm not sure about how the Packers season is going to play out. It's good to see them fighting hard, even yesterday when they're down Two scores late in the game, they fought hard. That's all I'm really looking for out of the Packers. And Christian Watson showing me there's some promise for us picking him where we did. Shout out to Vegas for getting this completely wrong and having the Cowboys four and a half point favorites going in. So oh, shout out to you guys. Trap City. Oh, absolutely. Um, Mike McCarthy of, favored against Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Ready yeah, for this right. opening line? Mike McCarthy's favored in Minnesota next week. Somebody hurt that I'm not aware of? No, it makes uh, two point favorites. favorite in Minnesota. Two. Ooh. What is that? Like, what, all right, well, they're begging people to take the, the Vikings in yeah, that game. Well, I might be. I don't like that. The I don't are, like I this. I guarantee Monday. the Sharps are on Dallas in this game. Well, we'll see. Guaranteed. Anyway, let's uh, let's move it on because we have ourselves uh, another top mover yesterday because of the fact that Justin Fields has been quite the competitor the last couple of weeks with his legs, but he's building a very very good relationship with his tight end, and I say that all the time. 
young quarterbacks, building relationships with the guys underneath is so pivotal. And we're talking about Cole Komet. One more time, this guy gets in the end zone twice, meaning like another week where he's just going off. Um, Cole Komet, four catches, 74 yards. He's up, um, which we're going, he's up 5% there, but 6% over uh, the course of the last month. So Cole Komet is finding himself a nice role in Chicago. Yeah, he hasn't had a touchdown going into three weeks ago because he has five touchdowns over the course of the last three weeks. Prior to that, he hadn't had a touchdown since 2020. Justin Fields is obviously coming into his own as a rusher. It's nice to see that if you're a Bears fan, not so nice if you're a Packers fan. Mm. But I'm not seeing much out of Justin Fields in the way of throwing the ball. But when he does throw the ball, it certainly is Cole Komet in the end zone. They developed a nice little relationship. I expect to see that continue. And I've been talking a lot of crap about Justin Fields lately, it's time to start realizing, like, hey, I could easily be wrong on this one. Justin Fields looks really good. Looks uh, really good. And I will say this, shame on Bears fans for celebrating, but at the end of the day, I get it. Because Justin Fields does look good, and the Bears are keep on losing, but it's like, okay, we we get what we want to see out of Justin Fields. We know we're, we have somebody here, but we are still losing to keep that draft pick because the Bears have no shot this season. They shouldn't be rooting for the draft pick, it just so happens. Right. There is a it consolation just so happens there. There is a this- consolation there. There's yeah, no question. And they got about $100 million to spend, too. So it's like they have they have a, a good opportunity on a bad team right now. Justin Fields playing well. Cole Komet, the offense is is going very well. And, and look, it's it's fun to see it. Not, not if you're a Chicago, and not if you're a Minnesota fan or a Green Bay fan or a Detroit fan. Did anybody expect the Bears to put up 134 points over a four game stretch this season? I don't mm-hmm. care which teams they've played. Two of them were pretty good defenses. 134. Now, I know the Bears stink when it comes to record, but can you talk? Can you even enter the chat of MVP talks for Justin Fields? Absolutely not even close, bro. (laughs) Not even close. Figured I got to, you know, (laughs) put some cold water all over this episode. Um, All right. Giants fans, look away. Maybe rushing title. Look away. <laughs> At this point, like, not wrong. You're not wrong. He, I saw that while I was watching the, the red zone and it said uh, leading rushers. And he was like two. <laughs> like all the running backs in the league. And it was like the first quarter. Right. Of the, it was of the uh, All right, Giants fans, look away. Because our next top mover is a former New York Giant in which the Kansas City Chiefs traded a third and a sixth, I believe, for this guy. And that's Kadarius Toney. Now, here's a big thing to know about Tony. Uh, Obviously, he's the 76th receiver ranked on Mojo, so clearly nobody really knows about him yet. Everybody knows who he is, and and they know they know the story. Yeah, the, the market uh, hasn't caught on in terms of not the projections. Yet. And the big thing here, he's up eleven <laughs> percent. Excuse me, up eleven percent over the uh, last day because of his performance. Kadarius Tony catches ball, uh, the ball four times on five targets, fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown. He rushes the ball for two times, thirty-three yards. You're looking at Tony as like, okay, is he a gadget guy? But now you have. Juju getting lit up yesterday. He's going to miss some time, either with a concussion for one week or whatever. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, Kadarius Tony, insert here. He might start getting some more reps, and Patrick Mahomes might have found himself a decent guy. Yeah, I mean, Kadarius Tony, he was a guy that they were interested in the offseason, if you heard Mahomes talking. So they tried to make that trade already. They've had their eyes on him. They, I'm imagining that when they looked at him in the draft, they didn't expect the Giants to go and get him when they did. The Chiefs were probably looking at him, and they probably had their eyes on him for a while. He looks like an Andy Reid guy based on like the what they did with Tyree Kill, how they have Nicole Hardman. It, he definitely fits the description. Miko Hartman did not play yesterday. So there, there was some element of, okay, you look at his stat line, it looks very similar to what we would have seen out of a Miko Hartman. True. A couple rushes, yep. not much looks in, the, in terms of targets, but makes the most of them. Mm-hmm. That's what you get with the Chiefs. I, I'm a little worried about his usage week in, week out. 
But as we've spoken about, these guys are going to pop at any given moment. And with the injuries that are going on right now, like Miko Harbin was out. Who's to say he's going to be fully ready to go next week? It's true. Juju, you just spoke about it. Yeah, I mean, the way Kadarius Tony plays, he lines up to be a perfect Kansas City Chief. He could be the next guy that's Tyreek Hill for all we know. That in terms of the making people miss and his big playability, he's that guy. I don't know how much he's going to get targeted, but if he does, the yes, biggest, look out. The I'm, big- I'm Slightly in on Kadarius Tony, right? And Not again, all the way. Upgraded quarterback, upgraded offense. Like, and we'll see. He's but on like, my watch list. The, the the one thing I understand or haven't really like grasped or didn't know in real time. So Tony catches the ball on the sidelines and he tiptoes the sidelines, but on one foot. He like hops three times on one foot. I do wonder if that was the injured foot. Oh, uh, 100%. He's telling the Giants, hey, right thanks there. for helping me. Like, 100 just the grade two hamstring strain. <laughs> right. Grade like, two. All that all that stuff. He's just, looking, he's just looking to get a way out. And here he is on a 7-2 and two Chiefs team, which, again, you can't say knock the Giants. They're 7-2 and two as well. Um, so it's, you know. Kind of Spider-Man me. I just but wonder, like, what... I understand he's not a, a your guy, you didn't draft him, but the talent is there. Why and never he? forget that the man <laughs> tattooed... <laughs> tattooed his number on the Giants with the New York skyline on his back. So he thought he was a Giants lifer, and clearly he's now... Uh, He's going to go to the best tattoo artist in Kansas City and get that bad boy uh, retouched up. Does Kansas City even have a skyline, or is it just like— I was? About, I thought you read there as if ta- Kansas City has tattoo artists. I was like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. But no, well, I don't might, know if they have anything Kansas out there. Kansas City, don't they have the—no, that's St. Louis. That's where they're at. The arch. Kansas City, Missouri. I—listen— Geography is not my strong suit the last couple of days. I forgot where anything is. I had a trouble finding out the time difference in Germany when they played in Munich on Sunday morning. I was like, I know it's 930 so here. Philadelphia was the tri-state it? area. I did think Philadelphia was in the tri-state area. I still think Philadelphia is in the tri-state area. In my no. tri-state area, it's New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. That's my tri-state area. Um, and I still might be right in that regard. Anyway, speaking of that Munich game, uh, Sunday morning in Germany. But whatever. What I will say is this. What I will say is this. Uh, Germany, those cra- that crowd, those fans. I- I'm-, I'm one to be on record saying I don't like the international games. I think they're silly. It's National Football League, and I'm not trying to like just beat my chest on that. I don't care because I, I do think it's a disadvantage when-, when teams lose a home game. You know what I mean? Like That's my biggest yeah. thing is when a team loses a home game because of the, the NFL trying to get money. You know what I mean? It's just kind of, mm, right? But when I watched this Germany crowd, man, they were in this thing. They were singing Country Road, Take Me Home. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. And watching Tom Brady, who's obviously the face of the league until at least further notice, um, Tom Brady goes out there and takes care of business. But the one guy that stood out to me is somebody who you really got to take your – yeah, keep your eye on, and that's Rashad White mm-hmm. because of the fact been that we've been talking about him for quite. Some we have time. been talking about him on this show for a long time, and now Leonard Fournette goes down with a hip injury, was what we're seeing, um, and he took advantage of that. But I think the carries were going to be divvied up, regardless. It seemed like the 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 yeah. t- the share was definitely in the favor of Rashad White right off the rip, and Rashad White goes for twenty two rushes over a hundred yards. My biggest thing right now is. How much opportunity is this guy going to get? If we already we already started to see the trend swing, but now Fournette misses time, it's like, are we looking at a bell cow here? Because I think behind him is like no Sean Vaughn or something like that. It's like it's not yeah, the greatest. I, think, I mean, you see, you don't see many guys get twenty two rushing attempts in a game, and 
uh, Leonard Fournette had 14 as well. So without the hip injury, he was getting a lot of burn anyway. He hasn't had a game yet this season, Rashad White, where he's had over eight touches in a, in a game, at least eight carries. He doesn't get many targets. And honestly, Tampa Bay does not run the ball well outside of yesterday, which I'm surprised because Seattle has been stopping the run really well, best in the league over the last four weeks. And Tampa Bay managed to get things going on the ground. Maybe it's because of the new the new blood in the backfield, but Fournette had himself a nice game too. He scored. Yeah, Fournette, and, Fournette he, and scored. like his usage wasn't high, but he had the hip injury. 14 for 57 is not great, but it's it's definitely workmanlike. Fournette, down the stretch, when you're a running back playing for a team that's not really playing all that well, uh, I know that they're in the thick of the playoff race because the AFC, NFC South is completely garbage, but... Rashad White is that young blood. You saw the 22, 22 carries. I expected this to trend in this direction anyway. With an injury like we have right now with Fournette, it could happen a little bit faster, but I definitely see Rashad White as the guy going forward to lead this Tampa Bay backfield. But Fournette still, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a vulture at the goal line, so expect that to happen. And don't expect much uh, pass catching out of Rashad White out of the backfield. So it's going to be very standard. You might get games like that where – he, gr- he breaks his 100 yards, but I don't know if he's going to find pay dirt all that much. I do like him moving forward, especially next season, because I think he'll be the clear-cut number one. So that's why I'm in on Rashad White, because clearly they, they have plans for him going forward in the future. I don't think Leonard Fournette is on a, anything more than a one-year deal. Yeah. So the writing is on the wall that Rashad White is the guy next season. So, yeah, 100% buy on Rashad White and hold on to him, because... <laughs> By next year, you could see an easy see 100% increase in his share price. Yeah. And uh, one That's without multipliers. That, right. Exactly. If you want to have some real fun with a Rashad White, uh, do just that. Uh, I will say that there should be um, also note that Leonard Fournette um, can't throw at all. Uh, why? Why? See, yeah, like, I don't like in, I don't like inserting my fantasy uh, guys in this show, but I was once an owner before I traded them of Amari Cooper. And I have Leonard Fournette. I have two skilled position players who go down with an interception throw. Stop the madness. If you can't throw, don't throw. To boot, who are you throwing to? 77-year-old Tom Brady in the flat. Did Can we his, not? And then he his, trips him. Did you see his tweet? <laughs> no. What? First of all, great job by Brady to trip him because it would have been a touchdown up maybe. Correct, but it's like a slide tackle. It felt like we were really playing some football over there. And um, basically he he tweeted, it was a video of, of the, or probably his Instagram. He tweeted or Instagram posted a video of him, and he was like, oh, if I didn't slip, I was about to go Randy Moss to the house right there. That was straight Randy. <laughs> Ha ha, See, funny, funny. Tom Brady, if he lost that game, <laughs> yeah. he would have been no like, such tweet. throw that play out of the playbook, get this coach out of here. Like, yeah, uh, See, but I love, it's I all love good the, when you win. I love the, the good winner, sore loser aspect. That's the one thing I respect about Tom Brady. The That's non-shaking the, I, hands after a loss, I love it. <laughs> love it. Love only it. you. Hey, there was a resurgence yesterday, actually, um, and it was not just the Colts, and it wasn't just Jeff Saturday taking over, and not just Matt Ryan taking back the reins of quarterback one over there. It was Jonathan Taylor. Welcome back, JT, my friend. You are the clear-cut number one guy going into this season. Yesterday was healthy, 22 rushes, 147 yards, and a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor is that dude once again, or as the kids say now in the streets, he is him. Stop. Jo- no, I can't say that? No. I try. I just... I'm trying to the kids con- could. We trying can. to connect with the no. Yeah, right. No, I feel like that would come out of you before it came out of me. Exactly, and it hasn't. So, <laughs> and it hasn't. So we're gonna leave that one to the kids. We're gonna table that one. Huh? But yeah, I mean, you're talking about uh, Jeff Saturday is now Jeff Sunday. Yeah, 
Look, if you want any indication about how this Indianapolis Colts team is going to run under new head coach <laughs> Jeff Saturday, all you have to do is go back into the archives of NFL films and watch a one argument between Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday on the sideline. Jeff! Where he's like, run the ball! Jeff! Run the ball! Jeff, we're going to run the ball! <laughs> right? And then the other dude came over and was like, hey, sit the f- down, Peyton. I'm about to whoop you. And, um, and then they, guess what? They ran the ball 20,000 times yesterday. Twitter is undefeated. They kept receipts. Jeff Saturday, three weeks ago, from his analyst position, was Raiders like, man, stink. the Raiders stink. No, that was not three weeks ago. That was three hours before he was hired by the Colts. <laughs> Bro, that was like, the, the timing of that was so amazing. And it gives Josh McDaniels all the locker room, all the locker room material, bulletin board. And it doesn't even matter. He probably didn't even know how to spell what uh, Jeff Saturday said. Um, Josh McDaniels got to get fired. But anyway, back to Taylor. Uh, yesterday, like I said, he's up only 2% because obviously he's a superstar in his league. So if you really want to see some impact out of the Jonathan Taylor camp, you got to put the old multiplier on him and it'll work out to your advantage, especially in yesterday. But what I will say is this. Good offensive go ahead, line. Go no, I was just saying, good, good offensive line. We've been waiting for them to push people around, and they did it against a, a bad a bad Raiders defense all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how, but it's been my experience that when you see a guy that's had really high expectations and he's been underperforming for the pretty much the entire year so far this year, the market is dying to get him back to the mean. You know, there's room for growth because the expectations just two months ago were, were super high for Jonathan Taylor. Right. So. While I think the multiplier is a great idea here, he's not a super established player with a lot of bank value, so the multiplier might be still a little scary, but I still think without the multiplier, there's room for growth because if you look, just check where he was a couple months back, I'm sure he's still down, right? So he could get back to where he was with a couple more good weeks, and I think Jeff Saturday being at the helm, you're going to see Jonathan Taylor down the stretch. That's, That's the only thing that they could do, and that was probably his... Jim Ursay was like, look, who's the guy that we know that is going to hand the ball off to the best player that well, we have? Well, well. How's he going to do it well? Who's going to hand the ball off good? And that's going to be the veteran, Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Right. Uh, just so everybody's I was more aware. speaking about the head coach is just going to hand the ball off, but Matt Ryan also. Jonathan is. Taylor comes with a five-time multiplier if you really want to get involved in that. I want to say, as far as top movers are concerned, as we kind of put a button on, on these top movers, I, I pray that you know everybody out there who went nuts on the spike of Sam Ellinger got oh, out man. after that spike because yesterday he dropped sixty nine percent when that announcement was that made was and Matt like, Ryan was the that guy. That was the easiest short job of my entire life. When Sam Ellinger's stock shot up and I was watching an established veteran in Matt Ryan who has won an MVP in this league completely struggle and have no clue what to do behind that offensive line and what was happening with the Colts. There was no way that I was expecting Sam Ellinger to come in there and be able to just fix the most broken offense in the league at the time. It broke even more. Yeah. And yeah. now we got Jeff Saturday. Now, so Ellinger's come back to reality, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, those are the top movers for Sunday. I hope you guys had a, uh, a good and productive and green. I know I made a couple more bucks, so things are moving uh, in the right direction in my portfolio. We got one more game to play on Monday Night Football, and that is, in fact— the Philadelphia Eagles coming in undefeated to take on the Washington Commanders, who are, you know, in the basement right now of the NFC East, which again is a very competitive division, despite the fact that the Cowboys look like crap yesterday. They're still six and three, and that's third place. So the the the, the third place team in the NFC East is like the fourth best record in the NFC. So crazy to see that. But Dallas right now sits around the uh the sixth seed right now, which I actually kind of prefer because Five seeds got to go play Tommy, <laughs> Tom Brady. Good luck. But anyway, Giants. Uh, but anyway, so going into this game, NFC East battle, um, 
It's very apparent that everybody's made some serious coin on the mojo market. If you were an early investor in a Jalen Hurts this year in specific, last year, if you're timid and you didn't know what to make of this guy, now you're seeing him right now, and he's absolutely balling out. You get A.J. Brown, a brand-new toy. You have the running game working for you. He's running the ball all over the place. The Eagles are hard to stop. However, a couple weeks that we've seen the Eagles play football, um, they've they've given up some points. They they got off to a rough start against Houston. They got off to a rough start against Jacksonville. They only beat the Detroit Lions by three. So a lot of people are saying, okay, the Eagles are they're playing good and they're eight zero, but they they can be had. What I will say is this: What's more scary than a team with nothing to lose, like Tyler Haneke and the Washington Commanders? I'm trying to psych myself up yeah, for this I one. Mean, I don't really see it playing out I that think way right now. Well, after the 49er win yesterday, I think the 49ers sit at the seventh seed in the in the NFC by a game over the Commanders. By a ga- half a game, yes, half a game over the Commanders. So it's not saying nothing to lose. I think it's a big game for the Commanders to show that they belong in what now is seemingly a very tough NFC East. I don't think the Commanders have much of a chance in this one, based on the fact that the Eagles kind of their coaching staff they have like a little mini bye week. They have that extra rest mm-hmm. and. Based on the film of the first half and a little bit of the second half of that Texans game, A, they could not stop the run, and that was a little bit scary. But Washington really doesn't run the ball all that well. They're probably one of the worst in the NFL in terms of yards per carry. And the other thing I'll say about Philly is that they had real issues protecting Jalen Hurts in that first half, and I think that is attributed to a very sloppy Thursday night football game, which Mm -hmm. is what we've gotten to see, no practice time. Um, I think Philly's going to come into this one with a little bit of rejuvenation, and they have the extra rest. I just can't, I just don't see it. I, w- I know we're not picking the winner here, but I don't. I know that Washington doesn't have much to, um, in the way of offense. I think that they're going to struggle to throw the football because the Bradbury and Darius Slay are, are locking down people. I'm not so sure. McLaurin might have his spurts, but anybody outside Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, I'll probably be a little tentative on because Washington does stop the run fairly well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be I'm not going to be in on any of the running backs in Philly, but Jalen Hurts. And and um, AJ Brown, I don't see how you could really miss at this point. With you went on the guys. short game of one. Uh, look, I know we we're hyping him up for pretty much eight weeks of football before that, seven, six weeks before he got back. Great story, but again, you're right. The Washington Commanders don't run the football well. Are you shorting a guy like Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson tonight against Philly in Philly? I'm not going to short them because I think Philly has struggled a little bit at stopping the and at stopping. The they give up a buck twenty one so, on the ground so every if, game. If there is an opening. I could see there be a possibility. So I'm not going to short him. And I don't okay. think that the market expectations really expect much out of these guys. So even a bad performance isn't really going is to tank money, their right? stock. So you're really there's not much to make there. I would say the best play in this one would be, A, Jalen Hurts, because if you're in on Jalen Hurts, you shouldn't be getting out on him. You should just stay in on him. If you're not yet, this is a good spot, I think, to start. And obviously, when we're talking about A.J. Brown, I think this guy has a chance to be a all-pro receiver this year, not just a Pro Bowl receiver, Mm -hmm. meaning like one of the best receivers in football. I love A.J. Brown in this combination of Batman, and now it's Alfred is Jalen Hurd's new nickname. He's running the show and kind of dictating where Batman goes. Is that a thing? Um, Don't tell me that's a thing. Please don't tell me that's a thing. It's not, but there was an Eagles player that that dubbed him Alfred. Okay. Well, Alfred is uh, actually up, and this is not since I've invested in Jalen Hurts, his stock – and I'm not buying any Lambos anytime soon. Maybe. I don't know. I may put a deposit down. He's up 513%. Yeah. That's, 513%. That's, that's pre-multiplier, right? No, no. That's multiplier. Oh, all right. Yeah. No, I, I slapped say, that. Wait, what? No, listen. They were, listen, in the beginning, if you were in on Mojo so since day one. 
alone without the multiplier because he's at 10%. For over the last month? For Yeah, well, over the last year, 60%. Over the last month, he's up 15%. So it's, the guy is trending up in every way you can think about it. But, yeah, 513%. <laughs> listen, I know that, uh, you know, in the beginning, Mojo was like, hey, listen, we want you guys to play. Do that. Download this. We'll give you this massive multiplier. I got in on guys like Mahomes and Jalen Hurts when it was offered. So multipliers are fun, and I'm telling you right now, it's still out there on Jalen Hurts. Right now, by itself, Jalen Hurts has a – and I had this written down before, but now I'm just going to look it up – uh, on the fly, Jalen Hurts. How do you spell his name? H-U-R-T-S-J-A-L-E-N. <laughs> it's all first name basis. He's got a 10% multiplier right now. Right now. So if you think he's going to go off tonight and you haven't and you missed the boat on Hurts, get involved tonight. So you can do that. You can also follow Mojo on social media, and that's how to get all the intel, the information. Go head on over to Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Mojo right now. Follow him. Join the Discord. Of course, that's how the conversation begins, and that's how you can follow everybody in real time, actually. Uh, so head on over to Mojo.com is the way to find all these apps. They're all clickable links on the bottom of the webpage. And, of course, you'll see your top movers. As you see on our page right now on our show, the top movers are scrolling across the bottom of your screen that scroll is actually available on themojo.com themojo.com how old am i um but anyway go check that out um i hope you guys enjoy monday night football be sure to check back with us each and every day around nine o'clock we drop on a youtube channel make sure you like and subscribe and all that stuff that we ask you to do for dave sturcio chris gucci this has been another episode of the mojo market report enjoy the end of week 10 and tomorrow we start our path to week number 11. I can get this Cowboys-Packers game behind me and we can stop talking about it and I'm done with it. It's That's over. the Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>